Welcome to the Greater Church Podcast. We are praying that wherever you find yourself on the journey, that this message will be an encouragement and blessing to you. And now, here's today's message. So let's go ahead and get right into it. Our scripture for today is out of 1 Corinthians 2.4. And let me go ahead and read it. It says, uh, my message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power so that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. So if you're taking notes, I would love for everyone to kind of take notes because it is going to be a kind of a teaching message and a practical message. Um, the title of the message is Holy Spirit Activated by Faith. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, Father, for today. We thank you for all that you do in our lives. We thank you for uh, being with us and ministering to us. I thank you for always showing how much you love us and how much you care about us, Father. I ask, Father, as I give this word, Father God, that you will... Uh, prepare hearts and that you would give understanding and that your Holy Spirit will take the words that have been said and be presented to them, Father, and there'll be understanding in their hearts and their minds of everything, Father God. We thank you, God, because uh, you want to speak to us and you want to show us how true and how magnificent that you are, Father. Thank you, God, for all that you do. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Um, so as I was uh, going over this message, I started to think, uh, we ha always have like a lot of people that come to the house. Every week we schedule someone comes over for dinner, hangs out. And through the years, when we have uh, had people over, you kind of notice there's a couple different kinds of people when they're eating. There's one type of person who will literally throw everything on their plate, mix it all up and just eat it all up, right? And it's like, oh my God, it doesn't matter if things get mixed. But then there's that little other set of people who are like, ugh, don't let it touch. Like, if you got those like paper plates that have the divisions, like give me that because I wanna make sure that nothing touches on my plate. My kids are like that. I, when, I, when they were younger, I, they're not so much anymore, but when they were younger, Levi, he's my middle child, he was so particular. So particular that I had to learn how to like hide vegetables in the food. Like I had to like chop it up into like a pure, puree and put it into a sauce or on the meat. Because if he saw a speck, like an itty bitty speck of something that was green, I'm not eating it, I'm not gonna do it, sorry. I mean, you, you don't even know what it is. You don't, it's a seasoning. No, nope, it's green and I'm not gonna eat it. He's, he's just that kind. And then my other son, Ramses, he's the oldest and he, forget it, like he'll eat anything. Salad, he'll eat tomatoes if it looks purple or green or orange, he don't care. And he's like, just put it all in and let me eat it. it was, it's the craziest thing. But you know, some people like to mix and some people don't. And as I was thinking about that and, and this message, it's, it's crazy because we live in a world that's like that. We live in a society that's, first off, it's pluralistic. And you're like, oh, that's a big word, what does that mean? Well, pluralistic means that there's many different thoughts or beliefs or ideas. And then we also live in a society that's very syncretistic, right? Where, where we say we're Christians, 
But then we pick different pieces of other religions, and maybe we don't even know we do it, but we do it. So you're like, wait, I don't completely understand that. I'm a Christian. I don't do that stuff. Well, there are some Christians. I know maybe none of you guys, but there are some Christians who are like, yeah, I'm a Christian. I believe in Jesus, and everything's good, and this and that. But, you know, yesterday I did something, and I think maybe that might give me bad karma. Hmm. Oh, you think about it. That karma, that, that's from another religion. I don't know much about that, but Hindu or Buddhism or something like that, it's related to another religion. Or, or let's break it down like, I'm a Christian, I believe in God, everything, I'm going to pray, I have all this faith, but then every day I check my horoscope. Right? That's astrology, it's another religion, it's what we're, what other things that we're believing in. So in this society that's pluralistic and syncretistic, sorry, that word is a big word, um, there are lots of deities, there's lots of ideas, there's lots of things that we um, are expected to consider as equal. Where we can just kind of throw it all into the same bowl and just eat it, right? Because it's the way it's supposed to be. Or, or I can do a little bit of this because I don't really believe that God thinks that's okay or not okay. I can, I can kind of just kind of throw that in. But when we're living in this world that's kind of a big bowl of all these things and, and we're trying to get through it and maybe separate some stuff and figure it out, the only thing that can really cut through those things is Jesus's power. So Jesus's power is is this thing, it says it's, it's greater than any kind of man's arguments or his wisdom, which from the verse that I just read, 1 Corinthians 2, 4, it says, my message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the powers of the Spirit's power, so that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. So here, I'm here and I can convince you with words or Pastor Chino can get up and he's, he's super persuasive. Like he can say things and make you feel really good about yourself and, and, and he can say all these things and I can come up and I can be very intellectual and give you all these words like pluralism and and all these other things, right? And I can do that and I can, I can kind of convince you the otherwise, right? I can say, oh, well, I'm very persuasive in what I say is right because I can back it up like with science or I can back it up with this or that. But when the proclamation is accompanied by the demonstration of Jesus's power, that can't be refuted. It can't be duplicated. What happened last Sunday, if anyone has, um, wasn't here last Sunday, it was an amazing and powerful service that took place. You can't refute what happened in that service. Okay, maybe you can refute the one person that said, oh yeah, I got healed. But 20, over 20? I mean, who was here last Sunday? I mean, raise your hand if you were here last Sunday and you saw those things, look around the room. There's hands all over the place where they, they saw you cannot refute what God can do through his power. In this series, the AD series that we're doing, we've learned about the Holy Spirit. We've learned how he interacts with us before and after we give our hearts to Jesus Christ. We, we've learned so many things through these last few weeks that um, when we're filled with the Holy Spirit and the reason why we get filled with the Holy Spirit is so that we can be spilled 
and that the spiritual gifts, we went over all the different gifts in 1 Corinthians 12 through 14. It's given to all men, right? And all women. And what is it for? We learned that it's for the building up of the church. We learned that it's, it's so that we can edify other people. So that, not that, that we can uh, fill ourselves up and get fat and the, oh, well, I'm, I'm the woman of God or I'm the only one that can, can tell someone uh, about their life or, uh, or prophesy over someone or, or I'm the only one that can touch them and heal them. I mean, last week we saw someone who has just been converted maybe within the year and she spoke and the Holy Spirit moved and healed right? It's, it's not about that. It says in 1 Corinthians 12, 7, it says, to each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good, meaning it's to each. It doesn't just say to one. It doesn't just say to the apostles or, the, or, or, or it doesn't just say to the pastors. It says to each, to everyone. What people don't really understand about spiritual gifts, is, and we've talked about this, is that they are positional, not only are they positional, they're developmental. So spiritual gifts are positional. Well, what does that exactly mean? We talked about it. As children of God, when, when God comes and because we belong to him, he gives us these gifts and they're for edification of the church. So just because we give our life to Christ, God gives us these spiritual gifts. You don't have to do anything else for it. But there is, a, there is another part to it. It means that they're developmental. So the, the, the gifts of the Spirit can be developed in the life of a Christian. Well, what does that mean? I don't understand. How is that biblical? You're just making stuff up right now. Well, let's, let's talk about Matthew 25, 14 through 30. In Matthew 24, 25, 14 through 30, we talk about, I don't know if everyone knows this, but the parable of the talents. So if you don't know the story, go back and read it. But basically there is a, 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 a guy that owns a vineyard or, or owns a, a, like a company and he basically has um, these talents, which is like money back in the days or, or, or crops, however you'd like to uh, uh, put it on, it's, it's a gift. And, and he says, I have to go away for a little while and I have three people that I have in charge of basically my business. And on, on one of this guy, he's been, you know, he's been my ride or die. He's been here from the beginning. I'm going to leave him with five talents. And I want him to be able to do something with these talents. And he left him and he developed it. And he, t he made it and he, he increased it up until 10. And then he's got this other guy. He says, well, he's kind of, I think he's good. Let, let me give him two. I think he can only handle two talents. I'm going to give him two. And then he developed that into four. And then the last guy, he says, well, you know, he's kind of new. He doesn't know the business that well. What I'm going to do, but I'm going to give him something because I know that he can do something with it. And this guy got fearful and he got scared about it. And he says, no, I'm just going to hide it away. So when he comes back, he won't be upset that I at least lost it. And the, when the owner came back, he wasn't pleased. So gifts are developed as you increase your spiritual authority. Gifts can be developed. When they're given to you, you can develop them. So you're asking, okay, well, how? So this is, the, this is where we're at in this whole series. You know, Chino did a really good job talking about the Holy Spirit and the purpose and how you get filled and how you get spilled and how you're originally um, filled with the Holy Spirit. And then he went through all of the gifts so that everyone completely understands what these gifts are. 
But how do you gain the spiritual authority to be able to use these gifts? So in the next few weeks, we're going to be talking about it. And the first one is today, activated by faith. And then the, 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 second two, the, second other one, the second one is rooted in identity. And the third one is expanded in intimacy. And we're going to get into those other topics in the next few weeks. And Pastor Chino is going to speak, so, um, speak about them. But today we're going to talk about being activated by faith. Because it's impossible to see a demonstration of Jesus' power without faith. It's impossible to have a, a weekend service like we did last Sunday filled with healings if there was no faith involved in that service. So how do we as Christians, as believers who want to see God move in our life in that way, where, where, where we want to have these gifts and we want to reach other people with these gifts or we want to see other people see who God is, how do we increase our faith? So today I'm going to go, and like I told you, this is real teachy and preachy. I'm going to give you five things right now on how you can increase your faith. The first thing that you need to do is have intimacy with God. This intimacy is not just, okay, uh, I feel like I'm close to God right now. No, it's a relentless pursuing of God and, and his hand to move. So how do you do that? So practically speaking, how do you have intimacy with God? So it's super important. You got to find a place. You got to find a place that's kind of secluded by yourself on your own. It, and that way you can be able to be intimate with God. You got to schedule a time. Sometimes we're so busy. The first thing in the morning we do, we pick up our phone and we're like, okay, what's my email? Where, what's on Instagram? What's going on in the world? What's all this stuff? No, we have to schedule a time. Hey, when I first get up in the morning, what do I need to do? I need to think through um, picking up my, my Bible. I need to think through what I'm going to do. Let's schedule my time. Because if you don't schedule your time, it's just going to dwindle away. The next thing is eliminate distractions. So whatever's best for you. I say it's the morning because the morning for me is usually the, the, most distract, the less distracting time. But for some of you, it might be during lunch because there's no kids or anyone pulling on you because you're at work and you go to lunch and there's no one around. It could be at, at night, any time that you can, just eliminate the distractions. And then you need to be intentional. Being intentional is, is huge because, because that's where you find a journal. That's where you go and you say, um, I know that I need to do this laundry or I need to make dinner. But you know what? I'm going to go and I'm going to do this because I know that I need to be intimate with God. And then be persistent. You know, it's hard sometimes to do this on a daily basis. Sometimes it's hard to go and say, I want to be intimate with God. But it's going to increase your faith. The second thing is feeding your faith. Okay, well, what does that mean? How do you feed your faith? Well, Romans 10, 7, it says, so the faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So in these times where you're trying to be intimate and you're finding a place and you're going, study the scripture. Well, why do I have to do that? Well, because the scriptures are God's word. So how do you know his heart if you can't, he's not speaking to you and you're not going to him? Well, you have the Holy Bible, the Holy scriptures, and it tells you who God is. 
And not only that, is when you're reading God's word and you're hearing his word and you're doing it on a regular basis, there are some spiritual keys that kind of fall out while you're reading. It's got you, you all of a sudden you're like, oh my gosh, that's like a life verse for me. So one key scripture that is crazy, if you ask Chino, this is like his favorite scripture, but it wasn't because of any of our reasons, but it's always been one of my favorite scriptures is Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. That is a key scripture. It's like a life scripture for me personally. Whenever I'm like, God, what do I do next? I don't know what to do. I can't figure this out. This is just so frustrating and so aggravating. I just don't know what to do. I've tried everything. I go back to the scripture and it says, trust in the Lord. Okay, I got to trust. I got to build my faith in that. I got to start thinking, okay, God's got it in control. I don't want to lean on my understanding. I've done everything that my understanding can take me to. I've done everything. And, I, and then, I, you know what? I just need to acknowledge him. God, you are worthy. You have never left me down before. You have been there for me when I'm going through this before, or I've gone through other issues. I know you're going to take care of this. And then he directs my path. He brings people in to help me. He opens doors. He sends checks in the mail. He does what he needs to do because he directs the path. You wanna know what's, ne what's your next step? You wanna know what to do next? Get a scripture, memorize it, think about it, make it be a key that you can put into the door where you can turn and you can effectively build your faith with it. You're struggling with, okay, well, I don't know what to do and that's a great verse and how did I know how to find that? You know what? Go to our website. We have this thing, it's called SOAP. It's not something we created, it's a worldwide thing, somebody else created it, but it's a good start for you if you go to greater.church forward slash SOAP, S-O-A-P. It gives you a scripture to read. So it's a couple chapters, so you don't know where to begin, just start there, find, it's, it's every day. There's a date on there for you to find. It'll give you your scriptures to read, you read the scriptures. And then what you do is SOAP, it's, it stands, it's an acronym that stands for Scripture, Observation, Application, and Prayer. Super easy. You read the scripture, all the verses, find one scripture that kind of pu pulled something out of you. You're like, oh, that's interesting. Make an observation around it. If you don't know anything about that scripture, but it's, it sounded like, oh, this is interesting. We'll do some research on it. Read a little bit more about it. Get one of those studies Bibles that tell you a little bit about it. And then, and then go to application. Well, how do I apply this to my life? How do I apply this to my life? And then lastly, just pray about it. And through that, when you do that every day, you're going to be feeding your faith because all of a sudden, when you're going through that issue that you don't know how to handle, a Bible verse that you read through your soap devotionals will come up and you'll be like, oh, and that's God speaking to you and using your Holy Spirit, using the Holy Spirit. All right. So feed your faith. Uh, number three, increase your faith through experiences. So everyone knows that who you are right now is because of the experiences that you've been through as a child, as you've grown up, in your marriage. Sometimes you have to learn through things. You struggle through things. Sometimes you have to pray and fast. You have to wait on God. Sometimes faith is spelled R-I-S-K, risk. Sometimes you just got to step out in faith, right? Anyone who knows me, this is a struggle for me to have to come up and speak and preach. 
So now I can do it. But the first time I ever did it, like literally my hands were shaking so bad that like I, I couldn't even hold the mic. You could, if I was holding a piece of paper, you could see it shaking. My knees were like bobbing. I was scared, right? But as I continued to do it, as I continued to take the risk and step out, that experience now has given me a little bit more confidence to be up here to speak to you, to, to, to say, you know what? This is God's word. He's in charge. If he's asking me to do it, he's going to take control. So, you know, you're going you're gonna to have to say, you know what? God told me to go speak to that coworker. I don't want to go talk to that person about God. What if, what if she calls me a name or, or says you're stupid or calls, you know, does something dumb? But it takes faith. It takes a little bit of risk. You got to step it out in faith and then realize that some of the things that you're struggling with has to do with your own insecurities has to do with your own things because you know what? It's little to do about you. And if God is telling you to do it, it's all about him. So if he's asking you to do it, then he's going to take care of it. So you got to increase your faith through experiences. So if you want these gifts to be activated in your life, you got to activate it by faith. But sometimes faith means taking a risk. It means putting yourself out there and maybe looking like a fool. Maybe, maybe going out there and, and feeling like, I don't think I said it right. But let me tell you something. God's not going to leave you alone. Because even if you said it right, the Holy Spirit will use the words and make the person hear what he needed to hear in that moment. So that's where the faith comes in. God, I did what I was supposed to do. You do what you're supposed to do. And there's a level of trust that comes with that. Number four, as I talked about it a little bit, is surrendering our fear. I actually did a message, I don't know, it was a few months ago. I don't even remember. Um, I don't preach that often, so maybe it was last year. Who knows? But it's about fear. So fear, though, it takes our eyes off of Jesus and kind of like what I was just saying, and it puts it on us. So what are they going to think about me? Or what if nothing happens? Or what if I look like a fool or I'm embarrassed? Because the fear, what it does is it clouds your decisions. It clouds your direction. You got to bring this fear to Jesus and allow him to uncloud your way. The fear will get there. But if you release it and you let it go and you take the step of faith, God will do something great. And the more you do it, the more God will prove to you that he is in control and that you can trust him in all these things. Number five is personal reflection. So this is why journaling is vital. So some people maybe not, don't like to write things down. They don't like to like take a pen and pencil out, that's fine. But you do need to have some time of personal reflection. You need to schedule some time where, where you can say, I'm gonna go through and think through the good, I'm gonna think through the bad, I'm gonna think through the ugly, I'm gonna think through the miracles, I'm gonna ponder on those things and reflect on those things that God has already done. The reason why we say journaling is because sometimes you can think through these things and it'll give you the energy and the faith that you need and for that moment. But then, like last week, it was all great and everybody left out of here, but like by Wednesday, you were like not even thinking about Sunday anymore and how good God was, right? And then you come back and then it's like, oh, okay, I remember. But when you write it down, 
Something goes inside where it's like, oh, and it's a remembrance. That's why God some, told, um, I think it was, I don't remember who it was, but the 12 stones. I know Jason Peebles could tell the story better, but it was a remembrance. He says, remember me. Put the 12 stones as a remembrance of what I did for you, the people of Israel. So personal reflection, it's, it's, it's important to think back how you prayed for someone and then something specific and God didn't allow it. Let's say, let's say, let's say, you know, back in the day, I was like, I was in love with this guy and he is so cute and man, I want, Lord, please let him like me back, right? And then now it's like, okay, that didn't work out. And I was heartbroken. He's like, but he was the love of my life. And then now I look back, I'm like, oh my God, thank God. I did not, like, I looked at Facebook and I'm like, you're a hot mess. You're like, you've bankrupt yourself and you still look like you in like high school right now. Like, what is going on with you? You should be grown by now. So yeah, I mean, think about it. That, that helps you understand the reflection of what God has already done. Builds your faith and activates your faith so that you understand if he did it then, or if he did it for them, he'll do it for me and he'll do it now. So how do we increase our faith? One, intimacy with God. Two, feeding your faith. Three, increase your faith through experiences. Four, surrender your fear. And five, personal reflection. Now this, I told you this message is gonna be kind of short, and, but it's good, okay? I got you. Thank you. So how does God increase our faith? Okay. So we increase our faith by doing some specific things. These five things are important. This takes our, our, our efforts, our, our things that we need to do, right? It takes a time where, where we have to be intimate with God and we have to schedule our time out. We have to uh, feed our faith. We have to increase our faith through experiences and then surrender the fear that we have to know and trust that God has something, and then he has personal reflection. We need to always look back. But then there's this aspect of God, always in the life of a Christian. So how does he increase our faith? Number one, we don't like these things, but these are our trials. In James 1, 2 through 4, it says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing or the trial of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. So when you go through a trial and you go through a test, what is it for? It's to produce something out of you. When you're in school and you're in college, I thought back to this and I was like, what was the point? What is the purpose of a teacher giving a test? Is, is the test to show how weak you are? Or is the test to, sh to reveal what you've learned? Or where you're at? Or how much you know at this point? There's this quote from Francis Fenelon's book, Let It Go. It says, death to self is painful because it touches that part of us that, mo that is most alive. If we, were all, if we were dead already, it wouldn't hurt when God took the scalpel to it. Our own hands would never put a knife in the right place. We would cut away only the little things of fat 
and bring about a few superficial changes. And even if we knew where that spot was located, self-love would hold back the knife and spare itself. But the hand of God strikes in unexpected places, finds, finds the very place where the infection is fastened and does not hesitate to cut it away, regardless of the pain. And oh, how self-love cries out. Well, let it cry, but do not let it interfere with the success of the operation. Think about that. Think about the tests and the trials that you have gone through. Think about how God wants to show you, yes, it's difficult. Yes, it's hard. Yes, you can struggle through it. But if you take the different perspective in it and think about why is this trial here? And what is God trying to show me about myself in this situation? Does he want to build my faith? Does he want to rid me of my lack of trust? Does he want to cut out the doubt? Does he want to take away the pride or the arrogance that I can do it on my own? I remember, um, let's see, uh, I don't know how many years ago it was, but I mean, my boys were probably maybe three or four, so about 10 years ago, when we were just starting out on our ministerial journey, uh, Pastor Chino and I had gotten married, and uh, I don't know if any of you kind of know his story about he would sing and be an evangelist, um, and he did a lot of traveling, uh, but at that time, that kind of stuff, even now probably, doesn't make a lot of money, right? And um, I remember the kids were maybe three or four at that time, and I had a, a pretty decent job, and I was okay with things being the way that they were. He'd go and travel, not make a whole lot of money, maybe get like an Olive Garden gift card for his, it was crazy. It was fun times, right? But he would get that, and I'm like, babe, we kind of need a little more money than that, all right? Dinner's great, but uh, that's only gonna feed me and you for one time. <laughs> but I remember those times, um, and specifically because I had a good job, but um, this time of the year, it was uh, right around 2009. Actually, the boys were a little bit younger, I think. It was 2009, uh, 2008. So actually, Ramses was just born, and I had just found out that I was pregnant with Levi. Um, and I had a great job, but I went on maternity leave, and then I had to come back. But then I had to tell my boss hey, I'm pregnant again, so I'm gonna leave again. She wasn't really happy about that. So that job kind of just started to dwindle. Not only that, it was around that time where the bubble burst in the housing market. And so I worked at a mortgage company. And during that, you know, that time, there wasn't a whole lot of business. So I basically had to kind of like let that job go. And cause they just couldn't, they couldn't keep up with business. And at the same time, because Chino was doing some evangelistic work and stuff and he wasn't making a whole lot of money, I kind of told him, go get a job, a real job. So he got a job for about a month and then they laid him off. So now we find ourselves in these moments and, and anybody who could think about it is a trial. I remember so specific, I got two kids under the age of two by now 
um, a one-year-old and a, a one-and-a-half-year-old and like a newborn, and we don't have any job. And it's like, what are we going to do? I know God has called us to ministry, but where, how? We don't know how to do this. Had no experience. And God just kept saying, keep going. So God, well, how do you keep going? I don't understand. We have no money. We have no jobs. So just keep going. And there was moments where we'd have $6 in our bank account. And I'd be like, babe, you need to go find somebody to pay you to do preach or something. Like, I know that's not what you're supposed to do, but like, go ask somebody to give you money to preach or something. Like, we need money. And um, he, he says, okay, I'm going to go. I, I think I got a gig. I can go and I'll sing and then I'll get some money or something. And I remember that one day we had $6 in our bank account. And I, I checked the bank account. I said, babe, we got $6. I don't know what we're going to do right now. And he's like, I'm going to go. I'll see you later. I got to go speak somewhere. Hopefully these people will give me more than an Olive Garden gift card. And the craziest thing happened where I decided, let me go into the bank account a little, little, little bit later. I said, I need to go check. And in that moment, my bank account went from 6000 to 3000 I mean, $6 to $3,000. And I was like, oh, what? It's, thank you, Jesus. He says, because God kept telling us, you got to trust me. Trust me because I'm taking you somewhere. And he, he, he got me to that point. And the reason why I say that is that he got me to that point because when I first met Chino, when I first met him, I had pretty much had it all together. I was a little bit older. I didn't marry Chino until I was 30 years old. So I had already moved out of my house, bought myself a condo, bought myself a brand new car. I had a great job. I had it all, but guess what? When I tell that story, what it was, it's all about I, what I did, what I could do, what I could accomplish. And God was like, I can't use you in those moments without showing you that it's not about you, that I'm the one that gave you the brain to be able to get that good job. I'm the one that gave you the job and, and the ability to purchase your own home as a single woman. I'm the one that gave you the ability and opened up the door to be able for you to buy a new car. He had to take it all away from me. I could have taken that moment and been like, God, he just forgets about us and this and that and gotten angry about it and let that trial not change me. To the point now that whenever, and it's been a journey, y'all, because it's been a struggle. And there's been moments even after that where we've been up and down and we've had money and we haven't had money. But God has shown me throughout that, that whenever the new trial comes, at this point, I'm like, well, God, you took care of me back then. You're going to take care of me now. So we have to realize that God sometimes allows these trials in our lives so that we can understand where we're at and what he wants to change in us. He wanted to build faith in my life. He wanted me to trust him with a trust that I've never had before. Secondly, is that how does God work? How does God um, build faith in our lives? Is, is through his redeeming work. So yeah, there are trials in our lives, right? But then there's some things that happen to us because we live in a fallen world. There's trauma, there's abuse, there's divorce, there's rape, there's racism. God isn't testing us in those things. God isn't saying, oh, well, I'm gonna make, 
I'm gonna make someone uh, uh, rape you so that, that you can show me that you love me. No, those are effects of a broken and a very fallen world. But in Romans 8, 28, it says, and we know that all things work together for good to those who love God and for those who are called according to his purpose. It's all connected. Yes, you gotta go through those things. Yes, I'm sorry that you went through those things. It's not God's fault. And he can make those things good. He can redeem you. He can redeem those things that you've been through that are out of, out of your hands, that have hurt you, that have broken you, that have done these things to you that only God can make good come out of it. He can use that history and that story to help someone else who has been through those things as well. He is a redeeming God. It's funny because I, I, <laughs> I, I I've been watching this show. I don't know if anybody's ever watched it, but it's called Manifest, right? Okay, well, I got to the end and it's absolutely amazing. But there's a flight that they're on. I'll give you a little gist of it because that's just the preview of it. There's a flight that they're on, it's 828. And it's all based from this verse right here. And we know that all things work together for those who love God to those who are called according to his purpose. It's the most amazing show. You should watch it because it just gives you an understanding of, of how everything is connected. And yeah, it's just a show. And it's got some weird stuff in it too, but yeah, whatever, you just put that aside. But I'm just saying, like there is a higher power that is in control of things and that sees things and sees the pieces of the puzzle that of your life and can see like when you're watching the movie and you like know on the other side, don't run away because he's right there and he's coming and he's bringing flowers and he's gonna love you, right? Like don't go. Like you see the whole, he sees the whole picture of your life. We have to trust that no matter where we are and some of those things that we're going through, that God can redeem them, that we are all connected and that God loves us. Pain sometimes, it's a platform for God to use and produce faith in our lives. And isn't that how the gospel is? Isn't that how what we believe in? That, that we have a God that used pain by sending his son to die on a cross. So when he died that we can live, how redeeming is that? It all makes sense. And so for these gifts, to come alive and, that, and they can be developed in your life, it has to be activated by faith. But the first step in activating this faith is to put your trust in Jesus. Now, I know a lot of you have already done that. And we're gonna get a point in, the, in, this, in this service at the end where, where we can pray for more faith, where God can help us maybe release some of the fears or anxieties that we have. But I wanna give an opportunity right here, right now for someone who maybe who has never placed their trust in Jesus. Cause you gotta, that's the first step is you gotta trust in Jesus. You gotta accept him as your savior. And I wanna give you that opportunity. It says in scripture, it says Romans 10, nine, it says that if you confess with your mouth that the Lord Jesus Confess your mouth, the Lord Jesus, and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, that you will be saved. Let's pray. Let's bow our heads, close our eyes.
for listening to our podcast today. The mission of Greater Church is to reach and empower all people. We hope that this message met you wherever you find yourself on the journey. If God is using this ministry to impact your life, please head to our website at www.greater.church where you can read a message from our pastors, partner with us by giving online, and learn more about what is happening in the life of our church. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and follow us.